Jesus. Uh, obviously in plural. The word obviously is in plural there. To show you that they are diverse of various baptisms mentioned in the word of God. And um, how or who can tell us what's the first baptism which we were talking about? The first baptism which we have been talking about. Who can tell us? Yes. The baptism of John. Okay, we'll be talking about the baptism of John. Now, um, now we're going to go into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The book of um, John, chapter number 14, from this number. Fifteen. The book of John, chapter number fourteen, from verse number fifteen. Okay. Talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and remember, one of the things that um, John the Baptist mentioned is that there is one who's going to come after me always going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, who can quickly just define what does the word baptize mean according to what we, we taught? What does the word baptize or baptism simply mean? Yes. To dip, to dip repeatedly or to immerse. Okay, now hold on. We cannot um, go beyond that one that says accurate as it can be to dip repeatedly or to immerse. Now, the word says, If you love me, keep my commandments. So, it's not enough to say, Jesus, I love you. If you love Jesus, we see it by how committed you are to obeying what he says. You can't love God beyond your obedience to what he demands of you. Are you following me? Yes. If you love God, it's not only about words. It's also about the lifestyle that you live, which must be a reflection of your commitment to him. So if you love him, you do what he says. Are you with me? And I will pray the Father, which means I will ask or make request of the Father, and he will give you another helper. Say another helper. That he may abide with you forever. Say forever. forever. The spirit of truth. Say the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Same chapter. I'll go to verse 25. I'll go to verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name. 
He will teach you all things and bring you and bring to your remembrance all these things which I said unto you. John chapter 16 verse 7. John chapter 16 verse number 7. John chapter 16 verse number 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, or it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter, or the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. John chapter, okay, I'll leave John chapter 7. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3. And let's just read the words of John the baptizer. John chapter 3, verse number 11. I indeed, is that verse 11? I indeed baptize you with the water, say water, unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes are not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, when we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to understand that we cannot talk about what is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit without first or primarily connecting it to salvation. There can be no baptism of the Holy Spirit without salvation. There can be no baptism of the Holy Spirit without salvation. Because to be baptized with or in the Holy Ghost can never be separated from the work of salvation. Are you with me? It is the baptism of the Holy Spirit which grants access to salvation. So we'll begin to look at that before we look at the secondary part of the baptism of the Spirit, which is the manifestation or the evidences of the operations of the presence of the Holy Ghost. That's when we'll begin to talk about, briefly, about what then happens or the experience that can happen to a believer because of different dimensions of what is called baptism. Okay? That's when we talk about speaking in tongues and other evidences which are not just speaking in tongues but other evidences which come because of what we call baptism. But before that, what we want to look at 
is understanding that primarily or foundationally baptism when Jesus or when John says he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost he is saying he shall make you one with the Holy Ghost hello <laughs> he is saying he shall make you one with the Holy Ghost because you become one with what you are dipped or baptized into. You become connected or tied to what you are immersed or dipped into. Are you with me? Yes. Are you with me? <laughs> now, Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 21. Let's be alert. It's obvious I need someone to read the word. This one to be. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 21. This is another one that I want. Hebrews chapter 10, just. Hebrews chapter 10. Let me see if that's the one that I want in the present moment. It was chapter 10. Yeah. You can read verse number 19. Verse number 19. And verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us. Through the veil. Through the veil. That is his flesh. That is his flesh. Uh -huh. And having a high priest over the house of God. And having a high priest over the house of God. Uh -huh. Let us draw near with a with a true heart. Let us draw near with a true heart. In full assurance of faith. In full assurance of faith. Uh -huh. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience mm -hmm. and our bodies washed with the pure water. And our bodies washed with the pure water. And our bodies washed with the pure water. To baptize. It is to wash. It is to make clean. So, when we are foundationally talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are talking about being made clean by the Holy Spirit. Because when we baptize, we wash. And when we wash, we make clean. Please read that last part again. And our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, mm -hmm. having, our, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, uh -huh. and our bodies washed with a pure water. And our bodies washed with a pure water. Please read that last part again. It needs to get into you. And our bodies washed with a pure water. And our bodies washed with a pure water. Say, I was washed by the Holy Ghost. Titus chapter number three, verse number four. 
Titus. Titus chapter number 3, verse number 4. Verse 4. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward men appeared. When the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared. Not by works of righteousness, uh-huh. which, are, which we have done, uh-huh. but according to his mercy, uh-huh. he saved us. According to his mercy, he saved us. He, okay. How did he save us? Through the washing of uh, of regeneration. Through the? The washing of regeneration uh-huh. and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. In other words, what gives you access to salvation is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the baptism cleanses, the baptism washes, the baptism renews. So what is what gives you access to salvation is the cleansing. Because the baptism cleanses, the baptism washes. The baptism renews, but it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Let us also go to see if I can quickly identify it. Let me see if it's first or second Peter. Let's start from 18. Let's be chapter 34 from verse 18. 
verse 18. Mm -hmm. For Christ also suffered one for sins, mm -hmm. the just for the unjust. The just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God, mm -hmm. being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Okay. Verse 19. Uh -huh. By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, mm. who, who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls were saved through water. In which a few, that is, eight souls were saved through water, or through what the water does, which means to wash. Okay, let's go. 21. Uh -huh. There is also an antitype. Which means... Which uh -huh. Which now saves us. Oh, this King James says the like figure. That's the antitype or the example. Where unto? Uh -huh. Baptism. Uh -huh. Not the removal of filth of the flesh, uh -huh. but the answer of a good conscience towards God uh -huh. through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay, please read that version again and please give us amplified. Read again. Verse, that, that verse. 20. 21. Uh -huh. There is also an antitype uh -huh. which now saves us. Which now saves us. Baptism. Baptism. So it is baptism which gives access to salvation. Uh -huh. Not the removal of filth of the flesh. Not the removal of filth of the flesh. But the answer of a good conscience towards God. But the answer of a good conscience towards God. God. So, baptism was a work of the Holy Spirit to cleanse your conscience which was defiled by the presence of sin. And once you are saved, it means your conscience which was defiled by the presence of sin is now positioned as a good conscience towards God. You are now justified. You are now righteous. You are now redeemed. Are you with me? Amen. Are you with me? Amen. So there is no salvation without baptism. Like I wonder, we have found baptism. We have found we cannot turn and dim. Kudona under the power. You think of the external manifestations of the work of the Holy Ghost, because that's how we have understood what baptism is. That's how we have looked at it, and that's how we have understood it. But primarily, before we can even go to the manifestations and the expressions of the Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit is another way to define and to describe the process of salvation. How you were cleansed, renewed, and regenerated by the work of your Holy Spirit in your inner man. Say, so I hear you. First Corinthians chapter six, verse number fifteen. Verse fifteen. Mm -hmm. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Uh -huh. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make the members of a harlot? Uh -huh. Certainly not. Okay, continue. It will make sense. Do you not know, okay, that your bodies are members or body parts of Christ? 
Am I therefore to take the parts of Christ and make them parts of a prostitute? Never, never. Okay. Um, okay, go to 17, then we we'll go to Ephesians 5, verse 25. Verse 17. Uh, read 16, then 17. 16. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot uh -huh. is one body with her? Uh -huh. For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. Uh -huh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He who is joined to the, to the Lord uh -huh. is one spirit with him. Baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the point of salvation or in the process of salvation, it makes you one spirit with the Lord. It joins you to God. Oh, Jesus. If you put a shirt in water to clean, when you put it in water, you have made the shed one with the water. Are you following? You have made it one with what you have immersed it into. When the Holy Spirit, when, when we are saying you are baptized by the Holy Ghost, we are saying you have been made one with the Holy Ghost. There is a process which has tied your inner man, or mingled your inner man, or mixed your inner man with the Spirit of God. <laughs> but the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. One. One. Okay, Ephesians 5. 25. <laughs> Ephesians 5.25 Verse 25 Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might sanctify and cleanse her by the washing of water by the word now what does that mean? that simply means when he is talking about the washing of water by the way, it means about, it means rather the message of salvation which gives the message of the gospel which gives access to salvation. It is the gospel which comes. And when the message of the gospel comes and you put your faith in Jesus, in other words, it is the word which has given you access to be washed. Are you following me? So that's simply what he means when he says, so that he might sanctify him, having cleansed him by the washing of water with the word. It is the gospel which gives access to the cleansing of the believer. Are you with me? Next word. Next verse. 27. Uh -huh. That he might be present, that he might present her to himself. That he might present her to himself. A glorious church. A glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle. Not having spot or wrinkle. Uh -huh. Or any such thing. Uh -huh. But but that he should be holy uh -huh. and without blemish. That he might present the church to himself in a glorious splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or any such things, that she might be holy and faultless. That is only possible if the church is now one 
with the spirit of holiness. Who is the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 5, 27. Okay, let's continue. Let's go up to, up to, go up to that one. 28. Uh -huh. So husbands ought to love their own wives. So husbands ought to love their own wives. As their own bodies. Uh -huh. He who loves his wife loves himself. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> For no one ever hated his own flesh, uh -huh. but nourishes and cherishes it, uh -huh. just as the Lord does the church. Uh -huh. For we are members of, of his body. We are members of? Of his body. Uh -huh. Of his flesh, of his bones. But we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. Baptism makes you one with Jesus. That is what gives you access to be, to be part of what is called the body of Christ. You become a member a part of Jesus. That's why when Jesus met Paul on the way, he said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Yet Paul never arrested Jesus. Yet Paul never directly saw Jesus to persecute him. He was persecuting the church. But because the church is one with Christ, whatsoever happens to the church, the head has to respond. Yes. And Jesus said to say, why are you persecuting me? Because me and the church, even though I am in heaven, because they have my spirit, we are one, we are united. They are part of me. So when my flesh is persecuted, I respond. I ask. So, when you are baptized into the Holy Ghost, in other words, you are also made, you are also brought into the body of Christ. The baptism of the Holy Spirit brings you into the body of Christ. Say the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The of the Holy brings me into the body of Christ. Okay, first, not first. Which one? Yeah. First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 12. Verse 12. Mm -hmm. For as the body is one mm -hmm. and as many members, uh -huh. but all the members of that body, of that one body, being many. Okay, start again, start again, so that they hear. For as the body is one. For as the body is one. And has many members. It is many members. Uh -huh. But all the members of that one body. Uh -huh. Being many. Being many. Are one body. Uh -huh. So also is Christ. Uh -huh. For by one spirit we are all baptized. For by? By one spirit. Okay. On, 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 that, on that verse, he is saying, for just as the body is united, and yet has many parts, because there are many believers all across the world. Okay? But in us being many all across the world, we are all part and parcel of what is known as the body of Christ. We speak diverse languages, we come from diverse cultures, but by one spirit, we are brought into the unity of one body, even though we are diverse and different. Are you following? Amen. Okay, we'll, we'll come to this one. Maybe I don't know if today, but that unity part will come to it. And the diverseness. Okay. Of 
cultures and peoples, but in Christ we are one. How is that possible? Okay. One body, so it is with Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. Next verse. Read that one, please. It's 14. Um, no, is that 14? No, 13. 18. Uh-huh. For, for by one spirit. By one spirit. We were all baptized. We were all baptized. Into one body. Into one body. So the spirit of God is the means of immersion into the body of Christ. For by one spirit. We were all baptized into one body. So it is the Holy Spirit who immerses you into the body of Christ. It is the Holy Spirit who makes you a part and parcel of the body of Christ. So no baptism, no salvation. Super generation. <laughs> no baptism, no salvation. Because by one spirit, we are baptized into one body. So the Holy Spirit is the agency of access to the body of Christ. Are you following me? Are you following me? By one Spirit. Continue. Whether Jews or Greeks, mm -hmm. whether slaves or free, mm -hmm. and, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. We've all been made to drink into or from one spirit. Okay, let's go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. The book of Acts. Acts, 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 Acts. Acts chapter Read chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Oh, you can read up to 4, it's fine. Verse 1. Mm -hmm. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. They were all with one accord. In one place. Mm -hmm. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3. Then they, then, then they appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. Mm -hmm. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, is that verse 4? Okay, that's fine. That's what, now go to verse 38. And you read up to 41. 38. Mm -hmm. Then Peter said to them, Repent. Okay, so what had happened is, after the experience, people were there at the Feast of Pentecost from different regions, territories and areas. Um, then we get to ask, what is it that is happening? These people are drunk. How come we are hearing them speak all these different languages? It is. Then Peter began to preach. And as he preached to them about Jesus and about how he was crucified and things like that, these people then began to ask, what is it then that we shall do? Please go to verse 37. 
so that we now you can start from verse 37. So now they were asking to Peter, where did you preach? What is it then? What is it then that we, 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 we shall do? Okay. Read. Now when they heard this, mm -hmm. they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. And said to Peter mm. and the rest of the apostles, uh -huh. Men and brethren, mm -hmm. what shall we do? Mm -hmm. Then Peter said to them, uh -huh. Repent and let every one of you be baptized. Number one, he said, Repent. Uh-huh. And then? And let every one of you be baptized mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus Christ uh -huh. for the remission of sins. <laughs> uh -huh. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, continue. For the promise is to you and to your children mm. and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Verse mm -hmm. 40. Yeah. And with many other words, he testified mm. and exhorted them, mm -hmm. saying, Be saved from the uh, preference of generations. Uh -huh. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. Uh -huh. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Okay, go back to verse 38. Verse 38, he, he was now telling them what they needed to do. And he says unto them, Repent. Say repent. We previously said to repent is to change your mind. It is to take a new or a different or a higher or a better position than the one which you previously occupied. It is to turn away from something which you've discovered is wrong and to go towards a new direction. So he is saying to them, repent, number one. Which means there is a position they are occupying which they must repent of and from. And he says, be baptized. Because now we are going into the mechanics of the process of what it then takes to go into salvation. Number one, there has to be the experience. We are not talking about that now. Maybe we will explain later in any other lessons. But he, he talks of repentance. There can be no salvation without a position taken by a person to repent. You have to repent. And then he says, be baptized in the name of every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now, this baptism is talking about, he's talking about water baptism. Okay? But we're not going to go into detail about water baptism now. So he's saying, guys, after you have repented, you have repented because you have heard. And in your repentance, obviously, you are accepting that Jesus died for your sins. And because he died for your sins, you are, you are accepting that you were sinners. But there is one who paid the penalty for your sins. Who is the Messiah? The Lord Jesus Christ. And if you repent and receive life from him, you will then, you will then take a new position a new position rather, where your sins are going to be regarded as remitted, as though you have never sinned. You will be justified, sanctified, redeemed. You will be looked at as the righteousness of God. Hello? Amen. But then the question then comes, is water baptism a necessity for salvation? 
Because Peter is giving us an order here. He's saying, repent. Be baptized for the remission of sins. In other words, he's saying, your baptism into water is going to be an evidence and a testimony that you have left your old life. That you have left the life of the world. But we don't want to go into water baptism now. And then he says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Are you three? And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost is a gift. So he's saying as soon as you have repented and we go through, I'll, I'll try and explain, because there are many scriptures which are a bit controversial. Okay? And you shall receive but the truth is, as soon as you have repented, you could only have repented because he helped you to repent, number one. Yeah. And that process of repentance is incomplete if he is not indwelling in you, number two. So when he is talking about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, he is making it a wholesome process. It's not necessarily a one stage, then we move to the next one stage. No. I mean, it's, it's, it's a synergized process. That as soon as you are repenting, you have received, but you cannot explain all of that. Thing. As soon as you have repented, you, you have received it because he has washed you. But now, what he also wants them to know is there are greater manifestations which will come afterwards, which will take you into. And then he just defines it as you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay. Alright, let's move. Let's, let's move since to the more. Joel chapter, okay, verse 39, verse 39, before we go to Joel. For the, yeah, okay. For the promise is to you and uh -huh. to your children, uh -huh. and to all who are afar off, uh -huh. as many as the Lord our God will call. He says that you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then he says, for the promise is unto you. Which means the Holy Spirit, his release is a product of a promise. Now, remember in this same chapter when he was preaching to them, I think let's just go to this number 14 quickly, quickly, quickly. My time is fast spent. Verse 14. 14, 14, 1, 4. 14. Uh -huh. But Peter standing up with the 11 raised his voice and said to them, Peter standing up with the 11 raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea uh -huh. and all who dwell in Jerusalem, uh -huh. let this be known to you uh -huh. and heed my words. Uh -huh. Verse 15. Uh -huh. For these are not drunk as you suppose, uh -huh. since it is only the third hour of the day. Uh -huh. Since it is only the third hour. Uh -huh. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is what was spoken by? By the prophet Joel. Uh -huh. And it shall come to pass in the last days of God. So, say God. Joel in chapter number 2 from verse 28, he gives a prophetic word. And now Peter, on the day of Pentecost, 
He then begins to tell the people, oh no, what you are seeing today is what was promised through the prophet Job. Okay, what does it shall come to pass? Uh-huh. And it shall come to pass in the last days, uh-huh. says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Mm-hmm. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Mm-hmm. Your young men shall see visions. Mm-hmm. Your old men shall dream dreams. Okay. It shall come to pass. So, the coming or the giving of the Holy Spirit is a product of a promise. And remember the scriptures that we read on, read from right from the beginning, from the book of John. We read three scriptures where Jesus repeatedly said to the disciples that I will pray the Father and he will send. The Holy Spirit will come. So Jesus was also standing on the prophesied word, knowing that the agenda of the Father was that when the Son has left, the Spirit will come. Are you with me? And he said, I'm not going to leave you as often. But when I go, I am going to pray the Father, and I will come to you in the form of the Holy Ghost. Now, so the Holy Spirit, we just need to establish that, is a product, his coming is a product of a promise. And when Joel is saying, by the word of the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. He is not just talking about the outward manifestation or work of what the Holy Spirit can do. He is pointing to a time when God will make his habitation in man. Because the Spirit of God dwelling in man ties up with what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. We may not go there. When he says, do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost and you are not your own? In other words, you don't belong to yourself. From the moment the Holy Ghost was given to you and the moment you were born again and the Holy Ghost took residence inside of you, the ownership of God, the stamp of God's ownership was approved on you. So when God is saying through Joel, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, God is saying, I will mark those that belong to me by the presence of the Holy Ghost who shall dwell in them. I will take ownership of people who choose to follow me and worship me by giving them the Holy Ghost who will live in them. So we know who belongs to God by the Spirit of God who dwells in them. That's why in the book of Romans, is it Romans or 1 Corinthians? Romans. He says, whosoever does not have the Spirit of God does not belong to him. So what identifies me as being born again is not necessarily speaking in tongues. May not necessarily be the dreams or the visions. No. It is the indwelling Spirit inside of me. When we are 
primarily talking, firstly talking about the baptism of the Spirit, we have to understand what salvation did. Because most of us, we have run to tongues, we have run to visions, we have run to dreams, but we have undermined the miracle of the Holy Ghost being intertwined with you, with your spirit. That wherever you go, you are not going in the absence of God. But you are you are writing through the scripture where God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Which means I may not see him on my left, but see him or not see him on my right. I may not see him ahead of me or behind him. But that doesn't change the fact that whatever I may be going through, I, I am too tight. I can't be separated from the Holy Ghost. I, I, don't, I don't know if people are hearing me. I'm tight. We are connected. We are one. We are joined. I belong to Him. So I belong to the Holy Ghost. God has claimed ownership over your life by the work of the Holy Ghost. Let's quickly move so that I, I close. John chapter. Seven, verse thirty-seven. John chapter seven, verse thirty-seven. Quickly. Verse thirty-seven. Uh-huh. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, "If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink." 38. Mm-hmm. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Okay, next verse. But this he spoke concerning the spirit. But this spake he concerning the spirit. Whom those believing in him would receive. Uh-huh. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given. Start it again, start it again, that verse. But. But. But this he spoke concerning the spirit. Mm-hmm. Whom those believing, whom those believing uh-huh. in him, in him would receive. The ones who believe in him receive. Not the ones who are baptized in water. The ones who believe in him receive. Because scripture has to help us to interpret scripture. Because when we hear Paul Peter saying, Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift. We may be tempted to think, I will receive the Holy Ghost because I'm baptized in water. But we're not talking of water baptism now. He spake, but this speak he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. So because you believed in him, you received. Okay, continue. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, which means there is an appointed time for him to be given. Uh Or there was an appointed time which he was to be given. Uh Because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Holy Spirit could only be given to the church or for the church after Jesus was glorified. And the glorification of Jesus involved his resurrection, his death, his resurrection, and also his ascension. When he was raised, 
in the presence of the disciples and he was taken up in a cloud. He said to them, go and wait. After that it happened, that is when the Holy Spirit then was given as a whole to be known as, we can call it an official appointment of the Holy Spirit be given. Are you following me? Amen. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 9. Romans chapter 8, verse number 9. Verse 9. Uh-huh. But you are not in the flesh. But you are not in the flesh. But in the spirit. But in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. If indeed the spirit of God uh-huh. dwells in you. Dwells in you. Uh-huh. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ. Uh-huh. He is not his. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. A lot of people, they talk of, of course, this this is probably not for our dispensation. They talk of the mark of the beast. I don't know how someone who has the Holy Spirit. Okay, I don't want to give you wrong theology, but... Oh, no, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not now. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Which means it's very important to understand that the presence of the spirit of God in you is a product of salvation or brings about salvation. But that's the fundamental or foundational aspect of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We'll continue next week because of our time. The Lord bless the teaching of his word.